This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. It's kind of weird to be in this time slot again. You know, we've been all over the place, which is a lot of fun. I enjoy the different time slots. I enjoy talking to you guys wherever we are. But, you know, this is home. And it's always good to be home here, right? And we've had ESPN, the early edition. We've had the early morning edition. We've been all over the place, but it's a lot of fun. I have a poll question up. I'll talk to you about that in a second. It has to do with Kevin Durant. I want to get your thoughts on what you would do if you were the Brooklyn Nets. A lot of conversation, uh, including an interview we had last night with Bobby Marks, who's our NBA insider, front office insider. And he gave some interesting thoughts. And as a matter of fact, one of the um, one of the people and teams that he mentioned, uh, according to the latest published reports, is mentioned by possibly Kevin Durant. So... That's interesting. We'll talk about that in a second. But right now, I want to discuss, allow me four moments, just four moments. Allow me to celebrate the Mets continuing to dominate Cincinnati. And for me, as I've said it before, this is what they're supposed to do. You're supposed to take care of business against teams that are struggling. And man, is Cincinnati struggling. And today... It was just, it was, it was fabulous. <laughs> it was, it was just great. Uh, a big win for the Mets. They dominated. You heard in the update, uh, Vogelbach, Vogelbach, once again, big hits. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm happy I apologized early <laughs> because these guys, Nyquist again with the home run, meaningful hits. The Mets are rolling right now. And, of course, it's unfortunate they won't have to play Cincinnati anymore. I could use a couple more games against the Reds. (laughs) But uh, that's not going to happen. So, listen, for right now, the Mets are rolling. We'll talk about them a little bit. But we will begin with the New York Yankees. And I shared your frustration, Yankee fans, last night, this morning. I'm not talking about the game this afternoon. Last night, this morning. The 13-inning affair. And it it looked like a team that's got so much pressure on it. Right? I mean, first of all, what a great pitcher's duel. Garrett Cole answered the bell. Garrett Cole answered all the questions you could possibly have about him. Okay, I think he will be okay, and I think he will perform. He was outstanding. He matched Castillo pitch for pitch, inning for inning. It was fabulous. And then you got to the bullpens. It really did have a playoff feel to it because you would write down every pitch. You had the bullpens. It was the battle of the bullpens. There was opportunities for both teams, and they didn't get it done. But if I were a Yankee fan, I would have been tearing my hair out last night, which has been a pretty good feat for me right now. With the base running mistakes and extra innings, it was it was inning after inning after inning after inning. You had the opportunity to steal a win. Okay, you had an opportunity. And you couldn't get it done. 
and then to run yourself out of innings. I it was just scratching my head. It, it had to, if you were Yankee, if you're a Yankee, you had it had to drive you crazy what you saw last night. It had to. And then the worst luck of the ball getting hit back, the pitcher knocks it down, can't find it, then he finds it behind him, and you get two runners thrown out. I mean, I, and then you lose the neck, the bottom of that inning. So that had to be really frustrating. And Seattle really seemed to be up for this series. Okay, they seemed to be up for the series here, but they were really up for this series. And I think they think that they've got a good opportunity to play the Yankees in a wild card situation. Now, I don't know how it's going to fall because Baltimore's right on their heels. So if they go on a losing streak, you know, they could be out of it. It's going to be touch and go. It's going to be a close race for the wild card in that in the American League. It really is. And Baltimore's hanging tough. I give the Orioles credit. They've really taken that step. But as bad as the loss was this morning in 13 innings, the one this afternoon was worse. You finally, first of all, the pitching has been unbelievable the past the past two games with Seattle for the Yankees, even the bullpen, except for two pitchers. And you finally get to Ray with Higgy with a two-run homer that it just kept going. And then Judge gives you an insurance run. And you're like, okay, 3-1. Listen, we get out of here with the sweep. We keep our 10-year streak intact of winning a series, consecutive series against Seattle in their building. And we move on and we get to Boston and we get to work. And we try to repair. And that's a nice way to go into Boston with a nice come-from-behind win. We come back off the mat of the 13-inning disappointing loss, and we come and we get a win. And then because of so many pitches you had to use last night, you get one bad pitch to Santana, and you lose the game. I it is it is as frustrating as tough a loss, back to back losses, as you could have as a Yankee. As a Yankee fan, you've got to be you you got to be like, what is going on right now? And it's it is symptomatic of a team that's struggling because they they just can't get all ends of the baseball game together. When they hit, they don't pitch. When they pitch, they don't hit. They make mistakes. They run bases and and they run themselves out of innings. And they are in such a mental funk right now that you might start to get a little concerned. Now, me... I still think they'll be okay once the guys come back. All right? They'll be fine. They'll get back to their winning ways. You need Stanton to get back. Rizzo got back today. A little rusty. Missed five games. He'll get his swing back. He'll be okay. You get Stanton back. It lengthens your lineup. It's a little different. Uh, The injuries are tough. There's no question about it. But... That's where you are right now. And if you can just hold on until at least you get Stanton back, 
to add something to your lineup, I still believe you'll be okay. You're pitching well. I mean, Cortez today was unbelievable. He was having fun doing his, doing his little sidearm action and his, his hesitation and the, the quick delivery. Oh, he was having a ball. He was dominating. He had one bad pitch. One bad pitch. Earlier. And then he, he was tossing the no-hitter. And then he gave up the home run. And then you could see, you know, boom, let's let's go to the bullpen. Let's be okay. Gave up a couple of runs. Let's give up a couple of hits. Let's make sure we're good. We don't want to blow this lead. Goes to the bullpen and didn't work out. Give me your thoughts, Yankee fans, at 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Just want to hear from you and get your thoughts on, you know, what what your situation is with the Yankees right now. I want to hear what you have to say. Also, we have a poll question up for you at the same handle, at Hardesty ESPN and retweeted by the station at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. And it has to do with the situation in Brooklyn. As you can, and everybody's talking about it. So (laughs) it's not a surprise, right? It's not a surprise. I will give you that question when we return. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Here's our poll question. If you were the Nets, okay, how would you handle the Kevin Durant situation? If you were the Nets, how would you handle the Kevin Durant situation? Here are your choices. Trade him only for the best deal. Fire the head coach and general manager. Or would you just fire the head coach? Or would you keep him this year? Try to get a chance to run it back, see if you can win that title, and then do what you want to do. Like Those are your choices. Trade only for the best deal. Fire the head coach and general manager. Just fire the head coach. Or keep him this year. See if you can run it back and, uh, you know, maybe make something happen. At Hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. And, of course, you can, um, you know, Call us at 1-800-919-3776. Uh, Math Teach 44 says it's disgusting, it's disgusting rather, how organizations keep car- keep caving to these demands. Have him sit there on the bench looking like the bad guy. So that's how one person would handle it. How would you handle it? All right, we'll get your thoughts in a second. It's, it's interesting. Steve's in Jersey. Steve, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, uh, good evening to you. Love your show. Uh, you, two sir. quick things. I, mm-hmm. I think maybe we should bring Judge down in the lineup. I mean, maybe bat him fourth. I understand he might have a couple less at-bats, but these solo home runs he's hitting with nobody's on base in front of him, we got to give him a chance to knock in a couple runs for us. Uh, tell me what you think about that. And number two, I'm tired of Aaron Hicks. I mean, we've been patient with the guy. His bat is just completely lifeless. And why is Benatendi bench today? I don't understand that. We traded for the guy. Why is he not playing every day for us? I think he just uh, Boone is just way too loyal to Aaron Aaron Hicks. We're not winning. Something has to change. All right, Stephen. Uh, thanks for the phone call. I'll answer the second one first. I believe that because you had Ray on the mound, who's a very who's very tough on lefties. You saw what he did to Rizzo. 
I think they wanted to give Benintendi a day against a tough lefty. So that's why I think he didn't play today. Uh, listen, I hear what you're saying about Judge, but you noticed that on a couple of occasions, they walked him intentionally. They walked him intentionally in extra innings last night. They walked him intentionally today. And the Yankees are going to have to try to find a way to get some hitting because more and more, that's what teams are going to do. The way this lineup is, and you're correct, and, and I will say this, Hicks is starting to hit a little bit, okay? But the way this lineup is, without Stanton in there, without the protection, it's clear that what are you going to do? I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna let him beat you whether you move him down in the order or keep him where he is. The sabermetric logic tells you that he is your best hitter. This year is not even close. And so what you do is you want him up as many times as possible. So you put him in the number two hole, and that's what Aaron Boone likes to do with this lineup. I hear what you're saying, and that's kind of what the Mets do. Right, the Mets have Pete Alonso in the cleanup position, but they are not. They're a different kind of team, and so they just like to do the. You know, they just like to do the. We got guys to get on base. We're okay. I'm talking about the Mets. We're not trying to get you know Alonso up. We've got some other guys that we think is a different philosophy. So as long as they continue to think the way they're thinking, the Yankees they're going to keep him in the number two position. Okay, because they want him up as much as possible. I hear what you're saying about the solo home runs, but, you know, that's incumbent upon the people in front of him to get on base. Even if he's hitting cleanup, the people in front of him still have to get on base. LeMahieu's done a decent job. He's got to get on base. It's the bottom of the order that needs to get on base so that he, when he comes up in that number two position as you roll through the game, that you have an opportunity for him to drive in a couple of runs. So... I hear what you're saying, but the way the Yankees play it, they want somebody else, other people, seven, eight, nine, and one to get on base so that when Aaron Judge comes up, he's got something, you know, he's got ducks on the pond, as we used to say. Uh, Yuri's in Patterson. What's up, Yuri? Hey, guys. What's going on, man? Everything's good, partner. What's Um, happening? Man, with with this Durant thing, well, real quick, with the Judge, at least third. At least third. Okay. Um, but as far as Durant, man, uh, with any player that's on the contract and wants to like try to force the way out, you sit there because we're gonna we're gonna lose whether we trade you or not. If if you're gonna sit there, we sit there and lose, and you come back and play, fine. But if you're gonna sit there and just watch, if we trade you away, we're gonna lose. So just sit there and just sit there. NFL, same thing. You want to hold that as a running back? You sit there and watch the backup. Uh, and I'm a Dallas fan. When Emmett, when not Emmett, when um, Zeke was trying to hold out, I was like, man, you let this, you sit there and watch, and 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 watch Pollard do his thing. But um, I, I I'm I'm over all the contract and try to um, force your way out. If I was the owner, you sit there, you watch, you rock. Uh, that's just me. I hear you, Yuri. Thank but you. here's the you're welcome and thanks for the phone call. Here's the option though, and I don't know if I don't think he's that he's that guy meaning Kevin Durant. I don't think he's that guy. I don't know because Keyshawn Johnson's made a great point, and he said it, uh, you know, yesterday, is we always say that he's he's a guy that loves the game. He's 
he's happy. He would never, you know, sit out or force it, you know, do things like that. But he's not been in this position. We've not seen him in this position before. So we're not sure really how he's going to react, whether he would sit out. I just don't see him as a guy that would say, you know what, I'm just not I don't see him like James Harden did yes last year. I'm going to force my way out of Houston a couple of years ago. I'm going to force my way out. I, I don't see that. I see him as a guy who wants to play. And so I would think that he would play and go out there and, and perform until a deal was made. That's what I would think. Now, I could be wrong. But for me, that's what I believe. So now the question becomes... You know, is he if he is going to do that, that's a good thing. If he's not going to do that, then he could really just mess up the whole continuity, the whole vibe, for lack of a phrase, of that team. Easily. Easily. And then you're right, you would lose anyway. <laughs> you're right, and you would lose anyway. But I do think there is a scenario where you possibly could be able to get something done. And that's why you're starting to hear more and more about, you know, the, 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 with Boston and Jalen Brown and, you know, draft choices and stuff like that. You're starting to hear more and more. And there's a report out that says that Durant kind of likes that. Now, I don't know. Haven't heard from him. Haven't heard him say on the record. So this is, you know, allegedly he has said, not confirmed, but sources close to him say that he would like to go to Boston. And I think in watching Jalen and Jacoby today, it was it was interesting because if he does that and if they ended up trading him to Boston, it's like, here we go again. The team that beats you, you go join, just like he did with Golden State. Now, the difference is that he signed with Golden State, right? He signed. He wasn't traded. He signed. This would be a little different situation. This would be that the Nets are going to trade him where they feel they can get the best deal. And it's not going to be an even deal. It isn't. There's no question. It's not going to be an even, it's not going to be an even You're not going to get what you want for Kevin Durant. I don't believe. And there are teams now that certainly aren't going to rush because they see that there's a little conflict. Okay, well, we're just going to wait. We're going to wait. We'll see if how bad it gets and try to force the Nets to get something or take something less in talent for their player. Because obviously what the Nets are thinking is, listen, here's what we want to do. We're trying to win. We're not trying to go back into uh, – we're not trying to be what Utah is trying to do. We're not trying to say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to uh, – we want to rebuild. So we're going to give all the draft choices. We want a bunch of draft choices. We don't want anybody we got to sign. We want any long-term contract. We just – we want – this is what we want. The Nets aren't going for that. The Nets want to compete again because they, in their minds, they had a team on paper that should have won an NBA championship. That's what they had in mind when they put them together. It just didn't work out that way, but that's what they had in mind. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. And I'm going to tell you, 
Don't expect anything to happen. I don't think anything's going to happen clearly before training camp. And maybe not until the season. As Bobby Mark said last night. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. The poll question is about Kevin Durant. If you were the Nets, how would you handle the Kevin Durant situation? Would you trade him for only the best deal? Would you acquiesce to him? Fire the head coach and the GM? Or would you just fire the head coach because you feel that Steve Nash didn't do a really good job? Or do you keep him this year? See if you've got Kyrie, you got him, you got Ben Simmons. Keep him this year. See if you can win that championship. And then if you have to trade him, you trade him at the end of the year. So what do you do? You can weigh in. At hardest the ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Back to the phones we go. Dennis is in South Jersey. Hey, Dennis. Hey, Larry. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good, partner. What's happening? Uh, listen, I wanted to talk about the Makai Becton situation a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, he showed a lot of promise his rookie year. I'm not going to be one of these guys that bash the guy, okay? I'm not, you know, I've been a Jet fan for a long time. You know, he's at, you know the, the coach made a good statement the other day saying, you don't realize the time that these guys put in and train and stuff like that. But would you consider these, like, these are like two, like, uh, injuries that, I don't know, like, they, would you say they're like freak injuries? I mean, week one last year, you know, the kneecap, he, he uh, dislocated the kneecap. Now he fractured the kneecap. I mean, nobody could have really seen that coming, don't you think? No, I, I, I don't think you can see it coming. I just think it really just, just uh, speaks to his lack of availability. You know, Dennis, and right. when, you, when you're moving a guy and you, you've shifted him and he's taking – he just hasn't been available. Even his rookie year, he had to miss some games. So that – I think that's what speaks yeah, to that game. he missed two games. Yeah. He missed two games his rookie season, but he showed you a lot of promise. But obviously now, go, you know, like going into next season, obviously that's going to be a priority either in free agency or the draft now. You have mm-hmm. to figure it's going to be a high, high pick somewhere. But in the interim – you know, everybody's talking about the Dwayne Brown move and all this, and, you know, they brought him in. I, I'm, I'm intrigued about another guy. I, oh. I would really try to inquire about this Andre Dillard. He's young. He's still on a rookie contract. Um, Joe Douglas was there when he was drafted in Philly. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's in their plans, their long-term plans. That's the guy that I would really try to hone in on. What do you think about that? Here's the only concern I have, Dennis. We are approaching our first preseason game. Okay? I know. If he was good, he wouldn't be available. You know what I'm saying? Look, Larry, but you got to remember something. You're talking, what, the second week of of August? You're not going to be able to pull offensive tackles off a tree. You're right. Absolutely. You're not. I mean, you know, you're just not. Look, I mean, I know everybody's saying that Brown's probably the best, best available because you could probably get him for a year. He's 37 years old. They claim he's in really good shape. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, I mean, is he holding the Jets up? Is he, is he trying to, like, rape them for more money? I don't know. I mean, you would have thought if Brown was, like, their number one target, I would have really thought this could have been a done deal yesterday. Yeah. I hear you. And, I, and, what, that know, means, yeah. and what that means, Dennis, is if he is holding them up, then they're looking at other options. And the guy in Philly, listen, Joe Douglas would know. He was there with him. So yeah. he, would know, he would know what he could bring to the table. He would know his strength and, strengths and weaknesses. So, you know, right. the fact that it's not done means that there's something holding it up because they need to get it done. Well, yeah. 
Well, like, like I said, this weekend, I have to believe after this preseason game, there's going to have to be something done with by yes. this weekend. I have to believe within the next couple of days. But now there's one more guy, Larry, that I don't even want him to touch. Okay. The guy, the, the guy, that, the, the guy from the Bears. I used, to, I heard he had back surgery already. The guy Jenkins that they oh, drafted yeah. in the second round last year. Yes. Now I understand they're they're low on wide receivers right now, and I could see maybe like maybe moving a Mims over there. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now, he's too injury prone. He's got yeah. got back surgery. Why do I want to bring him in? You don't. <laughs> you exactly. don't, Dennis. You I don't. Mean, you know, well, now, let me ask you something. Do you think they would consider maybe moving last year's guard to right tackle? Like, you know, they say he could play all over that line. The guy, that, I know he's, he has a lot of promise. The kid we drafted out of uh, Southern Cal last year. You think they might slide him over to right tackle? It might be easier to put somebody else in a guard? You mean Vera Tucker? Yes, Vera Tucker. Well, he's working at guard on the right side now. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether I don't know if he could play it. You know, I guess that's also in their plans. Dennis, thanks for the phone call. I, I think. Listen, Joe Douglas and the staff are trying to come up with a number of different options to see what they can do. And I would like. I would have to think that there's a possibility. Uh, here's what they know, and see, this is the problem. They know that Fan could play over there, but they got Fan on the left. Okay, they just moved him there. So I, I don't know what they're going to do. But you're right. Brown has been the number one guy that they've been talking about. And as a matter of fact, Rich Cimini was talking about it earlier today here on 98.7 ESPN. We'll hear what he had to say a little bit later. Jonathan's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jonathan? Hey, Larry. Thanks for taking my call. You got it, man. What's man, up? Man, listen. I am I'm a Golden State Warriors fan. Okay. So, And I live in Brooklyn, literally walking distance from the Barclays Center. My thing about Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant has been my favorite player for a while. I actually have his Golden State jersey. Mm-hmm. But I think he's kind of off the rocker right now. If I was the Nets, I would hold him until I get the deal that I want. I think Jay will hit it right on the head. Hold him and let the season start. If if he doesn't play or, you know, doesn't comply or whatever, he takes the PR hit. And, you know, his that that's a big thing for him. So, you know, hold him and see. First of all, the Nets are not going to have a great season. You know, Kyrie's still there. You don't know what Ben Simmons is going to be. And team chemistry is out the window with this whole Durant thing. So, you know, by the midseason, they might be towards the bottom of the, of, of the division anyway. And teams are going to be looking to up the end to get Durant and to get Kyrie and get those guys out of there anyway. But I'm really disappointed in how Kevin Durant has went about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would be okay with getting rid of Steve Nash, but Steve Nash got a bum deal last year with a team that rebelled on him because of two-star players. So I almost give him a pass from last season. I don't even know what he can really do. Well, I'll tell you what, Jonathan, you, you make, a lot, make a lot of good points. Um, here's the thing, and thanks for the phone call. The problem is if you wait and things get really bad for the Nets, now you're in a position of weakness. So the question is, are they, how long are they willing to wait? Okay. If, if they aren't successful and they struggle and it affects the team, and yeah, I hear what you're saying about how his um, – you know how he takes the hit, but the team takes the hit too, and then his trade 
value goes down. Okay? So if you're on the Nets, you don't want this trade value to go down. <laughs> you want to try to get it while it's up. So I, I think that they're going to try to hang in there and hold on as long as they can before they make a move on him. Because you're right. They have the leverage here in the fact that he's under contract. Now, if he sits out, that's a whole other thing. And I and once again, I'm not sure if he's that guy. I don't know if he's the guy that would sit out. I just don't know. I, I just think that he's he's been too much of a guy that you know loves to play and wants to play to think that he would do that. I'm just not sure. Spike's in St. Pete. Hey, Spike. Hey, Larry. I uh, was half asleep and I spoke to heard you on the radio. I wasn't sure if you were on or not. And I was picked up to uh, Tom, who's a Nets fan. You know me really well. And mm-hmm. you, you don't know many people, and I know you'll be honest, who love the NBA more than I do. Would you agree? Yes. Okay. Uh, now, And I've also told you this. You know how much I love Durant. Absolutely. And Durant, Durant, and I just I love watching him play. This ain't easy for me to say. I went to high school when Kareem did. Durant's the second guy, has the most difficult shot. Mm-hmm. Almost impossible to block. And when we saw him go bad and Tatum, you know that whole story. Yes. I had a little. And I told you this Sunday. And you you chuckled. And, you know, I know your sense of humor. We make each other laugh and relax a little bit. I can't take it anymore. I really can't take it anymore. Uh, you know, I don't like using that old expression about the inmates. I just find it in bad taste because of people who, who have issues to, you know, make a pun out of it. But I just can't take it anymore. He he grew up with Michael Beasley, you know, that whole story in D.C., you know, rough area. Uh, and, and he was a, a role model. I don't know what happened to the guy. I, what happened? And, and, and what the hell, Rich Kleiman who I happen to casually know was his business manager. What's he doing? I mean, this guy, we all think he, he loves basketball, which he does. Unlike Kyrie, who loves other things, probably himself. I can't, well, I just can't fathom that this is happening. I'm not overreacting. This is a life or death in our lives, but I'd love to hear you, your take on it. The, uh, I'm losing interest. To, this is crap to me to, to listen to this. It's uh, I don't understand. Did he just pull the bus driver out and throw him in the street and, and now he's driving the bus? Explain it to me. Well, Spike, here's the thing, and thanks for the phone call. See, none of us really know what the issue is. He hasn't come public with it. The, the reports say the Nets know. All right? So there's something going on. All right? For me, uh, if it was that bad, why sign the extension? You could have just left at the end of the Hey, look, it didn't work out. This extension, three years, I'm gone. I'm going to sign somewhere else, and we're going to go somewhere else and see what we got to do. Okay? I, I could understand that. If that happened, that's the way it would be. Unless there was something that was promised, and it didn't come through, and now he's unhappy with that, and he wants out. I mean, I don't know. This is, this is for me... Very un-Kevin Durant-like. And once again, I don't know him, but from all the people that I've spoken to and people that do know him, they're as perplexed as most of us are with this scenario because this is not what he, he would do. And so now when you go to the next step here, there's a scenario. I could see him sitting out. 
if he does if he's unhappy, I could see him sitting out. Because clearly something changed. It's not the money. Because he signed the deal. It's not the money. Can't be the money. If it was the money, he wouldn't have signed the contract. So something that was either promised or the situation or something like that. They they wanted Steve Nash. So I don't know what that is. I mean, then you got all these rumors about Kyrie running his own practices. I mean, you know, there's different stories about that going on over there. I, I mean, I don't know. And to say that you want to be out that badly from the team that you would put them in a situation where you're saying I, you either it's the head coach and the GM or me, I, I that's just I'm just shocked. I'm 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 surprised. Because once again, you just signed a deal. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Had a jet call. Now we're going to talk to Charlie and Ron Conkerman about his New York football giants tomorrow against New England. Hey, Charlie, you're next on 98.7. Hey, how's it going, man? Thanks for taking my call. You got I, uh, The giants are playing tomorrow, and my, my question for you was with, with all the new coaches and all the new pieces, you know, uh, what should Giants fans be focused on tomorrow? Like, what's the main thing that we should be looking for as far as, like, you know, just, just the first markers for the team and their success? Charlie, you're looking for everything. You're looking for what type of uh, you're looking for what type of coach you're going to have. Is he going to be, uh, you know, is he going to be an aggressive guy offensively the way he was in Buffalo? He's pretty aggressive, right? Uh, you want to see, yeah. what, of course, you want to you're going to gauge your quarterback. What's Daniel Jones look like in the in the time that he he's there? You want to see uh, Saquon Barkley? How's the offensive line performing? You want to look at uh, Wink Martindale and kind of the defense. Uh, is he going to bring that same mentality of a physical blitzing defense that he's been so successful with in Baltimore. And of course you want to look at your, you know, your draft choices. You want to see how they perform against, uh, uh, you know, other teams. You want to see if Kadarius Tony is going to be able to play and, and what he has. So my friend, you got a lot to look for tomorrow night <laughs> in a couple of yeah, plays. Cause not, you know, in a couple world. of series, you know, the starters aren't going to be in there very long. So you're going to have to look quick and then it'll be, you know, then after you look at your starters and see what's going on with those guys, you're going to look at your draft choices and, and other guys that jump off the screen at you. I hear you. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right, Charlie. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, Jose's on the Lower East Side. What's up, Jose? How you doing, Larry? I wanted Good. to talk about Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. I think that the way the Nets should start, they should start the whole conversation by, listen, Kevin, we're not trading you. We're not going to get what we deserve, which what we should get for you, but we're not going to trade you. So how can we make you happy? You're the one that wanted Kyrie here. We signed him. You're the, wanted, you're the one that wanted Steve Nash as a coach. We gave you him as a coach. When, the only way this is going to work, you owe it to the fans here, you owe it to the organization, and you owe it to yourself and your legacy to win a championship in Brooklyn. If you go run to Boston and win another championship, all they're going to say is that you ran somewhere else to win a championship with the team that beat you, as opposed to taking your team to the championship and winning it. You could, you have Kyrie for a whole year. You're going to have Ben Simmons, who is an elite defender. Give it a go. They should start the conversation with, we're not trading you, period. So how are we going to make this work? What do you think? Uh, I think they've had that conversation already. Thanks for the phone call. I, I think that's the way they've been. That's their that's their mindset. That's how they've mentioned it. And they've already told them, we're not just giving up anything to get 
to get you. They've made that clear. They're not going to make it easy for him. Clearly, that's the leverage they have because he's under contract. And they want to make sure that, you know, they get something that is at least close in compensation for losing a player of Kevin Durant's ability. Now, once again, there's some people say, listen, Larry's 34. All right, he's not going to, he's, he's not the same Durant, but, you know, and you're right, he's not, but he's pretty close. <laughs> it's pretty close. And once again, you know, the missing piece is why, why does he want to move all of a sudden? Okay, something must have happened. Is it that they signed Kyrie? Can't be that because that's his guy. Is it he's not happy with Ben Simmons? I mean, I don't know. I, I You know, we could speculate and just throw a bunch of things out there. It's not fair to him. But on the other side, that's all we're left to speculation because we don't know what it is. The Nets know what it is. According to all the reports, they know. So it's up to them to say, okay, either, and it's not just, it's not, it's deeper than firing the coach and the GM. That It's deeper than that. There's something else that's going on there that led him to take that step to say, okay, I'm not getting whatever it is. I'm going to put you all on front street and make you have to make a decision here. And it is a very, very uneasy decision. All right? Because either fire the GM and the head coach or keep me. Knowing that they're not going to do that. They can't do that. They could fire one. Okay, I would think that, it, unfortunately, and I'm not trying to have anybody lose their job, but you would say that arguably the head coach would be more expendable than the general manager. But Josiah has indicated nobody's going. He's put it, he, you know, put his foot down, drew, drawn line, line in the sand. No, we're going to make the best decision for the Nets. Translation, you're staying here until we get something that we want. So, uh, like I said, uh, they've already, you know, they've already made their decision on that. <laughs> at Kima Senior, at Kima underscore Sema, at Kima underscore Senior says, Larry Bleacher Report says Sixers hierarchy wants to pursue Durant. That is true. They're looking for, uh, they want, they're interested too. Now, I don't know what they have to give up. And I am really, you know, if it were, if it were me, once again, you have to pick and choose what the best compensation is for your player. But I mean, for me, I would, if I could, I'd trade him out West. I don't want to see him multiple times a year gear enough to beat me. It's not what I want to see. It's not what I'm looking for. It's not what I want. Okay? Not what I want. Uh, at KDN1692 says, at this point, I would just drop everyone and reset. It's not working. Don't have a lot to show for it. Try to get as many draft picks as you can and go through a rebuild. Yeah, that, that's not what they want to do. They don't want to go through a rebuild. Uh, at Hanky Haynes says Steve Nash, see ya. And um, see ya. Yeah, you, uh, goodbye. Goodbye. Don't want to do it. Math Teach forty four says Spite it benefits the organization who bent over backwards to get him here. So it just seems that the fans, which I understand, are siding with the Nets. You want to take a hard line here? Okay, I get it. You don't want to make it easy for him. And rightfully so. I hear what you're saying. Jerry's in the car. What's up, Jerry? 
Um, so a couple of things on the Durant thing. Like, I, I liked what you were saying. Like, you spoke to many people, and this is not his style or whatever the case is. I kind of would definitely side with that, right? Like, he, he even, like a lot of people, like the fans, oh, he's a diva, he's being this or that. I'm not super sure. I feel like um, he just knows they're not going to win here, per se, let's just say. I do agree that, like, Nash is not the guy for the job. He might be a great coach, but I don't think he's the guy for this particular situation. Like, there's a, if there's issues already, like, they don't respect him. They, they, like, that's not going to work. Like, you, you're trying to be, you know what I mean? Um, the truth really is, though, but, like, he is 34. He is a superstar, maybe one of the best players in the league, obviously, right? But at the same time, like, let's say, um, I don't know, let's say we're Boston, Jalen Brown and a couple of draft picks and maybe another good player or decent player out of them. Like, I feel like the Nets have been trying to get the whole, you know, like way too much for what the guy is really, you know, I get, I get that he, he is who he is, but like some of these guys, like, like Jalen Brown's a star in his own right, couple of draft picks, throw in another player. So I, given Durant's age at this point, like I would, I would been jumped on it. I don't understand why the Nets think that he's that much more, more valuable, right? Like going younger and, 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 and you know what I mean? Plus the situation is a, a problem. Like there's a problem here. Like, so I could understand like Durant and like one last thing, like on the Kyrie thing. Yeah. You, you, everyone says that's his boy, but the truth really is, is like, that's his boy as like his boy. But at the same time, he understands like, like I'm saying Durant, like this is not going to work out. This is like, you know, th- like it's too much of a headache for him. He came from from Golden State where it was everything was so smooth and easy. For yeah, to I hear what you're saying, so, Kevin. You, and, and thanks you know, for the phone call. I'm up against the clock. But I'll say all this to you, okay? It's um, here's the bottom line. He signed the extension. If he, he knew it wasn't working, he didn't have to sign. 